Well, good morning, Don. Good morning. Have you had a good week? I've had a very good week. <laughs> very, very good week. Um, Interesting. How much can change in a week's time? Oh, man. Yeah, I mean, we were just talking about middle names at the end of the last episode. This is now episode four. That was in episode three. And didn't, th well, today's actually his real due date, but he was born last Friday at like 1130 at night. And yeah, it's pretty awesome. It is awesome. Mm -hmm. Middle name is uh, Robert, by the way. Praise the Lord. I'm yep. glad to hear that. That's a good we, 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 chose, we were kind of going towards another one, but then when he was born, I saw him, which is kind of always how it is, right? Saw him and I was like, this looks like my grandpa Zimmerman. And his name was Robert. Well, then also my stepdad's name is Robert. So I was like, that works good. And that works good. And then we kind of like, we can call him Benny Bob. Because the name's Bennett. Okay, that we should think be that's interesting. Let's, yeah. let's see how Carly feels about that, hey? Yeah, yeah. well, I, it was actually her idea. Okay. <laughs> she sold me on it that way because it's kind of silly. I like that. That's better, a whole lot better than Nimrod we were talking about last yeah. week. So <laughs> we're in good shape. I made her listen to the episode because she was asking about it while, she, while we were like waiting for some stuff to happen. And and I'm like, you got to watch it. You know, I want to get my view counts up. And she's like, oh, my goodness. So she's watching it. And she's like, we're not using Nimrod. We're not using that other one you said or the other one. So I'm like, well, I want to get all the bad ones out, you know, yeah. publicly. That way we could pick our own good ones. So. And Robert is really good. Yes, yes. it is. Yep. So. All right. So oh, I guess along, along the lines of me having a child, because I have some actually some neat little stories about it, but wanted to have your take on the power of prayer and what the Bible kind of says about how to pray and uh, just like the right things to ask for and how to go about it and what kind of results does God promise and that kind of stuff. Well, I think James uh, makes it really clear in chapter four that we're to, to pray for what God wants. And as I look at what Jesus did, you know, uh, our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on this earth as it is in heaven. So it, prayer to me is a way of becoming so intimate with God that his will becomes ours, mm -hmm. our will becomes his. We, we, we join forces, if you will, in, in a creative way to move forward towards the kingdom of God. So uh, prayer is a powerful part of that. Because it is our, our communing with God, one-on-one, -on -one, and I believe in person with God. Um, and I know in my life, prayer has changed things. It's prayer changed uh, situations, it's changed attitudes, and it's healed and brought life where there wasn't a lot of hope. Yeah, that's kind of, that's one of the things that... I know has impressed me the last, I would say probably 10 years of my life that I've really, you know, embraced the power of prayer to, you know, not always, I was in a kind of with, you know, you, but you, you know, better than me, God, you, your will be done. This is what I like, but you know better. And I trust that you do the right thing. Um, but something that my mom taught me a long time ago and I remember it because it was kind of a silly thing so my birthday is December 20th which right on Christmas and so they kind of try to make sure they make it special separately so she got me this like big foam like motorized airplane right 
there's a foot of snow outside on the ground, <laughs> right? This thing's big and it flies and fly. I remember it just said like, start the propeller, throw it. I threw it, whip that thing and it soars up and it does like two big circles around the house and then just takes off out into the snow, out into the, and it's just like, oh, that sucks. So yeah. we, I, I, mean, I was like 10 or, <laughs> 10 or 12, maybe we start going out there trying to find it. And my mom, here it is, here it is. I was like, oh, great. She's like, you know what I did? As I just kept praying the Lord's Prayer over and over and over and over and over and over again, just kind of incessantly praying for it. And there it was. I was like, hmm. And she's like, and that always works. You know, mm-hmm. God's will always comes, you know, if you ask for it. And I think there's something in, let's see, Luke 11, if you want to look up, as I always thought it was Luke 11, uh, 5 through 13. Um, which is kind of an interesting verse because I was like, when I saw it, it was like, it was almost like you're, you, well, you read it and tell us. Then he said, suppose one of you has a friend and he goes out to him at midnight and says, friend, lend me three loaves of bread because a friend of mine is on a journey and has come to me. I have nothing to set before him. Then the one inside answers, don't bother me. The door's already locked. My children are in bed with me and I can't get up and give you anything. I tell you though, he will not get he will not get up and give the bread because he is a friend. Yet because of his bold the man's boldness, he will get up and give him as much as he needs. That's the one you're thinking of, hey? Mm-hmm. Yep. It's almost like the the, the person I've heard people say that the person in the house is God, which I kind of I don't quite understand because he's like get out of here. My kids are asleep, which I can relate to a little bit, but, but that doesn't really seem like something God would do, but it's almost like be incessant about your request mm-hmm. and surely you'll be helped. And, uh, I thought that was kind of interesting. Do, what do you think? Is that, well, it w- actually was the subject of the daily bread this morning. So it, oh, yeah? it's part of the thing that, uh, you know, we're really not telling God what to do, but God in his tenderness will receive and, and, and respond to us. Mm-hmm. And, uh, it's not making God do our will by incessant prayer, mm-hmm. but it's God's desire to give his children what they really need, really need yeah. to get the job done. Yeah. And I think a lot of times we enter prayer thinking we know what we really need. And in reality, if we acknowledge that God really is the final authority on what we truly do need, then our will will mirror his, mm-hmm. even if we can't find the airplane. Yeah, and that's <laughs> so. When when Bennett was born, we so we go in there, and it was Thursday because I was actually up in Iowa City trying to do a little bit of fishing, and she calls me as I'm reeling in this honking old catfish, and she's like, "Well, he's breached, so he's upside down, he's not in the right position." I was like, "Oh man!" So we I like. To, they sent her to the where like the the labor delivery room in the hospital because they got the the surgical station there set up because when they do this the baby can get distressed and so they're trying to flip this thing around and man they are digging into her abdomen trying to switch this baby to be in the right spot they try once they try twice nothing i just started saying the lord's prayer like my mom taught me over and over and over again and I hear them, I go, oh, I felt something give. And I was like, oh, no, that doesn't sound right. And they're like, we got it. We got it. And they strapped it and, like, locked the baby in place. 
So that was the first time. The second time was during like the big push. She was in all sorts of pain and all, seemed like everything was going wrong to me. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Cause I was even like, let's just do the C-section. She's like, just, Oh, you know, yeah. Threatening my life. Like you just sit over there and just be quiet. I'm like, okay. So I'm holding her hand and stuff. And then baby comes out and he's beautiful. Um, of course, then they found some like random infection. They're like, you gotta stay in the hospital for, they said 10 to 21 days. And the 21 days is if they couldn't rule out a spinal cord fluid, spinal fluid infection. And so I sat with him through for three separate times. We went into the surgical room where they were doing a spinal tap on him, sticking this needle in their back, in his back, trying to find it. And I counted, they poked him 12 total times trying to get spinal fluid because it's hard to find them. There can't be any blood in them. And on that 12th time, cause the lady's like, I'm only gonna try it once, and that was the 11th time. And she's like, I'm gonna try one more. But you tell me, I'm like, one more, fine. And so I prayed, I prayed, and I started Lord's Prayer over and over and over again until I just heard, we got it. And they got it, and they were able to culture and test it. We found out then that that was not pointless, but the next day I made like a Facebook post asking for help, saying, or asking for prayers, updating people on what's going on, kind of letting her know how. Carly's just like mentally just sucks just being in there for 21 days and you got a two-year-old at home and I would go back and forth at home and stuff and he was always like I want to see mommy want to see mommy but they wouldn't let him in because of the pandemic stuff right. but literally an hour after I posted that thing on Facebook and everyone in the comments is praying for you praying for you praying for you one hour that infectious disease the doctor comes in and goes guess what it's a random skin contaminant that happened that got in there it elevated some blood but it's never ever had any effect on anything that we've known of completely harmless you guys go home today and you know tears of joy after that just wow so as far as power of prayer goes this the last week for me has been a very very good you know uh demonstration of that i think amen so, yeah amen it's a good reminder that, that god's got this mm-hmm He's, he's got it under control. Yeah. And the Lord's Prayer is a perfect prayer to go to. Mm -hmm. Probably because Jesus taught it himself. Right. It's not a rendition after with the fact. It's, mm -hmm. it's what he gave his disciples when his disciples asked, teach us how to pray. Mm -hmm. yeah. Okay. Tithes. Mm -hmm. Different from offering a little bit, but is that the net amount of money you make or the adjusted gross income yes okay <laughs> <laughs> well and the thing about it, any kind of offering or tithe or anything like that it comes from our obedience to god our appreciation of god our appreciation of the community of faith it really has less to do with money and more about our appreciation mm -hmm. and, and investment Right. How much do we want to invest in the kingdom of God? Yeah. How much do we think that this church is doing exactly what God has called it to do? And that's why we give to the local church. And you can do the same thing for parachurch ministries. But the, the crux of it is giving has been a part of our response to help the kingdom happen. And it started when they gave the things for the tabernacle, for the tabernacle to be formed. 
uh, they gave generously and the tabernacle was formed. Uh, we were just, Charlene and I have been reading Exodus. And it's amazing how Moses had to cut them off because they were giving too much. They were giving more than was needed. Mm. And uh, so, yeah, net, gross. I think that's less the issue as to are you giving with a generous heart? Yeah. I, I, you did like the Dave Ramsey class or anything like that? I Yeah. Okay. My mom made all of us do it when we got married. Well, it was her wedding gift or something. And I remember one thing he's like, so this is one of the questions I get is, is it net? Is it gross? And he's like, you're not doing it anyway, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> that was funny. All right. This is a would you rather question. Would you rather be able to see 10 minutes into the future or 150 years into the future? Oh my, I guess 150 because I know I'm not going to live that long. Yep. Uh, I find the, the future and prophetic kind of things uh, aren't always that positive. So I'm not sure I want to see much of anything in the future. Lord, give me the strength for the present. Mm-hmm. And just enough to know where to stick my next foot as I move forward. Yeah. So it, 10 minutes would be 100, yeah. 150, then at least it's like, yeah. This, yeah. Let know. me tell my kids, do it right, guys. You know? Yeah. Eat all the blueberries, they're going to be gone or something right. like yeah, that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, oh, um, your body after you die. Is there anything the Bible says about, like, is, cre- is cremation wrong? Should you not do that to your body that God so wonderfully gave to you? Or, you know, are we supposed to do this whole big embalming? Or, Well, you know, the Bible talks about bodily resurrection. So we will be resurrected. Now, we need to remember that God is the creator of all things. Mm-hmm. So every atom and molecule that's part of our body he put in place. And when you study DNA and RNA, you realize how intricately he's done this process. Very he's placed intricate. this process in creation. So I believe that God will take every molecule of your body and put it back together the way it should be uh, in our resurrection body. Uh, I don't want to be cremated because, unless they actually have to, I suppose, uh, I don't want to make his job any more difficult than it has to be. <laughs> <laughs> even though, it, you know, it's sort of a, a facetious thought even because he'll take all the molecules whether they've been sure. burned in fire or not. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, the bodily resurrection I truly believe in and I just don't want to make it any more difficult. What about Lord. if it's like donating it to science? Because then it's still all intact. True. You know, the family gets it yeah. back, but... People get yeah. to kind of, you know, learn from it. Yeah. Well, some parts end up in jars on, on the. But he's got a, a way. God's got a way to bring this all back together. Mm-hmm. I mean, we realize in that period of time, a lot of things will change that we won't understand from this standpoint, because it will be a mighty happening of the Almighty. I mean, it just it'll be beyond our understanding. Yeah. I do believe in bodily resurrection. Okay. Paul said it. Okay. 
Would you rather sleep in a doghouse or let stray dogs sleep in your bed? Sleep in the doghouse. Don't let them critters in my bed. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> um, One night, right? That wasn't. Would it be different if it was like the rest of your life? Oh my! We'd have to redecorate the doghouse. Yeah, you get a real nice doghouse, memory foam bed, and yeah, yep. Okay. um, Second Amendment. Your thoughts on? I guess it's not really a Second Amendment question. It's more of like a defending yourself kind of a thing. What does the Bible talk about? Like, is it okay to defend your family yourself? Um, defend others, people you don't even know, by harming someone else? Well, when we go to Matthew chapter 5, and we look at verses uh, 34 following, especially verse 43 in, in that area, we, we see Jesus telling his disciples to turn the other cheek and going the second mile. And it seems like Jesus is saying, don't fight the fighters but instead put on a, a different way of doing things. Um, I believe in turning the other cheek. I believe in going the extra mile. I believe that that kind of attitude changes people. And you hear these stories of these old ladies that claim in the name of Jesus, you know, and the, these attackers cower at the name of Jesus. I, I believe in that kind of thing. I also believe that as a daddy, and you're daddy now, again, uh, that's going to really wrestle with us as men who want to take care of our, our own, our people. And uh, if I could put my life in harm's way and save my family, I'd do it. But we don't know those outcomes any more than your 10-minute question or your 150-year question of Mm -hmm. what's the future. I do believe that every Christian who's intimate with God will be given instructions on how to live the moment. I believe that's a gift of the Holy Spirit, the counsel of the Holy Spirit in how we're to live. And it's a precious thing. Because each and every situation is so different that I don't think we can uh, know exactly a pat answer for each and every situation. And that's why uh, you, you started with the Second Amendment. Yeah. And, that's uh, kind of what I jotted down. I, I, I really, boy, I'm going to get a lot of flack on this. I support the Second Amendment. Mm-hmm. And the reason I support the Second Amendment is it keeps the government in check. Sure. It's not that I'm going to go out and and buy a gun. I don't own a gun. don't plan to. But I do know that the Second Amendment was put in place less for the individual and more to keep the government in check. And I think it still needs to stay there. Sure. I mean, do you think that through the Holy Spirit we would feel like it is necessary to take a life in order to defend. Well, I mean, I guess not even, are there any good reasons or are there any possibilities that we would be moved to take a life that is condoned? Like biblically, 
Biblically condoned yeah. from an Old Testament standpoint, yes. Not from a New Testament standpoint? From a New Testament standpoint, you'd have a harder time making that case. Otherwise, when, uh, when Peter and 11 of the disciples lost their lives in, their per, in the persecution, mm -hmm. they were executed. Now, does that seem to measure up in our math of what should be just and right? Shouldn't God have sent all those angels down? And we know we, he delivered Peter and Paul in different situations. Uh, so, and even in that, the jailer was delivered. Remember? Jailer yeah. wanted to take his own life. And Paul says, no, 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 we're here. Don't do that. And the jailer's household was saved. I just believe we as Christians really have to be in tune to God's economy in that situation where you're you're put in a sniper's view or, or whatever you have to do to control a situation. What what is the right thing? Mm -hmm. uh, I do believe the the believer has the counsel of the Holy Spirit. I also don't believe I'm in in the place that I can second guess what the Holy Spirit's told you. Sure. I mean, that, yeah, that makes sense. We don't know how each person is going to be called. Right. Yeah. Like, I, I don't know. Like, if it was just me and I was confronted in that way. I, actually, Anita, I heard her say something like this once. Was that, like, I don't know what his what his situation is. Or the, who, him or her, whoever is trying to hurt me. I don't know what their situation Have they been saved? Do they have a relationship with God? Right. I mean, probably not if they're acting that way. But if I were to let's shoot and defend myself and shoot somebody like or they would they have that opportunity to be saved you know right or in the act do you save others right like yeah i mean but, but if, if i got my kids behind me i don't see any way that i would not defend them right now anyways right. but i also think in the in the flip side that to flesh out those scenarios ahead of time is somewhat dangerous yeah, oh yeah because each and every scenario mm -hmm. has its unique pieces sure and and i'd still like to go back to the council of the holy spirit yeah to say yeah this is all right this this needs to happen so someone who's like let's say someone who's watching this who does carry a pistol everywhere um because it is their right should we say that you know Pray to have the Holy Spirit move in you in a moment that you would need to use it. Oh, duh. yeah. Because you don't you don't know what exactly is going to happen, you know. We do not know. Yeah. But we know the one who does. Mm -hmm. And as a Christian, giving our life to Jesus Christ and allowing his Holy Spirit to move in our life is a critical part of who we need to be as Christians living in this time. Because it's not going to get less dangerous. If we read Revelation as, as the times come, they will not be less dangerous. They will be more dangerous. And especially so for the Christian. So when we're put in those situations, it needs to be more than my gut feeling. It, it's got to be a Holy Spirit event. Mm -hmm. I agree. Um this is one of my favorite would you rathers. Would you have to would you rather have to fight a chicken every time you get into a car 
the rest of your life. Or once a year, fight a chimp with a sword. A chimp with a sword. You get the sword. I guess I don't know if the chimp. Okay. Does it matter? Well, I might have some negotiating skills with a chimp, but uh, the (laughs) chicken thing goes back to the days when the roosters used to run after us on the farm. Oh, sure. And so I have memories of that. No, I won't. Don't want to deal with that rooster or chicken every day. Well, I mean, you'd have dinner every day then. I guess that's yes, you'd true. have chicken for the rest of your right. life. That'd be Fried pretty chicken bad. Every day. Hmm, that's not too bad. And if you Mommy. have to get in and out of your car a bunch of times, you just got to make sure you're around a bunch of people that need a bunch of chickens. I guess. Mm-hmm. And mom's ready. Got the firing pan ready. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> okay. Um, oh, this one I should have done after we talked about the uh, defending yourselves, but the uh, death penalty. I know that the different congregations for Christians is they have a lot of different stances on that. You're right. Yeah. What are your oh, thoughts? Oh, you wanted an answer. Yeah, give me an answer, Don. Uh, boy, I, I'm not a big one on the death penalty. I still think God is able to change people's hearts. Yeah. Uh, but the wages of sin is death. Mm-hmm. Bottom line. I don't think people understand that piece. Mm-hmm. I suppose there's times when it should be done. Yeah. I'm just glad I'm not the judge. Yeah, no kidding. There's a lot of times where it's like I'm not. I'm glad I'm not the one that's judging anything. Right. So. I agree. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Well, that's all the questions we have. If you have any more questions you would like Don to answer, yeah, send spicy, us an email. Send spicy questions. Yes. Yeah. These ones haven't been spicy enough. I thought uh, having to murder a chimp with a sword would that be a good spicy one. Spicy enough. <laughs> Makes okay. the time go faster. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, and uh, church services, 11, 40, yes. or 10, 45 here. And I'll be back this Sunday. And we'll be back. And we're going to be preaching on the armor of God. Armor of God. Specifically, the shield of faith. Okay. When is the sword one? Cause, or did you do the sword one already? It's coming. Okay, okay. It's coming. Okay, good. Um, um, and also, Clayton Palmquist, we're thinking about you. Hope you get better. And uh, we'll see you next week for episode five. Lord willing. All right. Thanks, Don. Take care. Well, yes, I think she has reason to be.